This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Well, praise the Lord and good morning to you, Dr. Hansen. Good morning, Shan. How are you? Good. How's y'all's day going over there? The Men's Fellowship. Well, it's going good. We've already been an hour into the men's Bible and prayer time, and now we're with you. Well, we're excited to be here with you today, everybody. This is a live program, Friday, May 19th, 2023. We're live with Dr. Jonathan Hansen and the group at World Ministries International, and uh, we hope you'll invite someone to tune in today. Dr. Hansen, welcome back. You want to open us in prayer? Father God, we want to thank you, dear God, for this opportunity once again We need to always give you thanks for the freedoms that we have, for the opportunities we have to represent you, to be your ambassadors, to sound the alarm, to give the message of warning and hope. So, Father God, thank you for this time. Bless Omega Man Radio and warning. Father God, let us sound the alarm constantly. I know Shannon Davis is a warrior. He's a fighter. I love him dearly. So, Father God, be with us right now. Let people be touched as they hear this message. Messages, actually, In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, today I've got three different things united into one. My wife, she spoke to the staff and their families and on television on foundations. Great message. Then I spoke on my calling, and that went all over the world, including to our new network of 300 million more households. And then I have part of apostolic leader Eric Hurd's interview I did with him on illegal aliens and the Ukraine, bioweapons and depopulation. It's a great program today. Let's begin. This is Adalia Hansen. Welcome to the morning television program. It's a live audience. they are children in the premises. Today, I want to talk about foundations. And I'll pray first before I go to the teaching. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray, Lord, let your spirit, Lord, brood over us and over the word, God, that your word will perform great and mighty things, O God. I pray, Lord, that we may have understanding. I pray, Lord, we'll grasp with the truth and take this truth, Lord, and cause us, Lord, to be made free. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go to the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and bit against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and the bit against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Other version says, great was the fall. Now, Jesus is speaking about foundations on what we built our lives or anything upon. Now, we realize there are many foundations here in our society, like marriage and family is a foundation, which was established by God in Genesis 3. But in this foundation of family and marriage is actually the bedrock of the civilization. Anything and almost everything is built upon this foundation, be it government, be it organization, be it schools. So this marriage and family is the foundation of all these things. And yet you've seen in the society now, it has become like a threat. This foundation is being destroyed. So it is like an enmity with what God proclaimed it to be. They don't want it to thrive and stand strong. Now, if you look at the book of Psalms 11.3, and David said, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? So David didn't say, what can the people do? But he said the righteous. It means there's a way of escape for the righteous when the foundations are destroyed. So this is a question that David is asking, what are the righteous supposed to do when the foundations are destroyed? If you look at how everything moves right now, in the days we're in, the seasons we're in, there's a lot of foundations that are being destroyed. We have the religious foundation, the church. Remember how Jesus said, upon this rock, the church shall be built. Now there are things that are coming up. I'll call them tares, because you know the parable of the sower, they said the good man sowed good seed. And the man slept. They didn't say the good man slept. Who is the good man? It is God. He sowed something in man and in his people and in his church. But men slept. And then the enemy came and he sowed tares. So in the foundations that God has built, there are different things that are rising up and growing the same time as what God had sowed in our lives, in the society, in marriages, in families, and all these things, governments. Their foundations are what builds this thing. But if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? A foundation, it's a base, right? Or a starting point. A foundation is also the beginning of something. In the book of Psalm, David said, I was born in iniquity and I was conceived in sin. The beginning of his life upon this earth was in sin. Do you know that verse? Yes. So what did David do in this scenario? He knew his foundation was already faulty because him becoming and coming on this earth as a child was already based upon iniquity and sin. But David, he knew all this thing. He confessed it with his mouth. But you realize how David always clinged to God. God said, he's a man after my own heart because he knew the foundation of his life was faulty, but he ran to God. Amen. In the New Testament, the scripture says, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is Jesus Christ. Anything that is outside Jesus Christ will not thrive for long. Let's say there is a building, and then the foundation is faulty. It will take time, but the building will not last long. It will eventually crumble because the foundation is already faulty. But you realize it's all about time here. It doesn't just crumble. You build and then it crumbles instantly. It takes time. And Jesus said, 
the rain descended. First, the rain. And then after the rain, the floods came. The buildings probably still standing. And then the wind blew and great was the fall. It's all about time. In relationships, let's say people start in a relationship and in this relationship, it's all fault. You are being equally yoked with the non-believer and you enter into marriage with that person. The foundation of the marriage is already faulty. It's unstable. Amen. So in this person, let's say the person is a believer and this man or woman is not a man or woman of God, but the marriage has already been done. What can the righteous do? That's the question. Anything that you tend to build, anything whatsoever, if be it ministry, be it relationship, be it business. For the people who are called by the name of the Lord, Jesus has to be the foundation of all things that you do. You have to examine everything before you build something. You're told to, before you build, what do you do? You count the cost. You count the cost. I'll give you an example of a foundation in the book of Joshua 6.26. Now they had gone and attacked Jericho and Jericho fell. And Joshua made a proclamation. He said, cursed be the man before the Lord that rises up and build this city. He shall lay the foundation of that city with his first son and the gates, his youngest son. And then if you go to the book of first Kings 16, uh, 34 said in Ahab's time, heal of Bethel rebuilt Jericho. So this is a man already going to build whatever that there's already a curse upon that place but he goes and builds on it. And he said he laid his foundation at the cost of his firstborn, Abiram, and he set up its gates at the cost of his youngest son, Segub, in accordance with the word of the Lord spoken by Joshua, son of Nun. So Joshua made the proclamation, whomsoever that shall build this city again, the foundation shall be built upon the cost of his first son. Here, many years later in the first Kings, here comes a man who went to rebuild Jericho again. And the scripture says he lost his first son. There was a proclamation already done. He said, according to the word of God by Joshua, the son of Nun. So what is it? Sometimes we find ourselves wanting to build something and there is already a curse upon the place, but you're building something that already has a curse on it and you keep building on it. It will eventually crumble because the foundation is not strong. Let me give you an example. If you, read the, if you read Jacob, he was going to bless his sons, right? And then he called all of them. And he started with the first son, which was Reuben. And he said, Reuben, you are the first sign of my strength. But he said, you will not succeed. Because what did Reuben do? He went and lay down with one of his mates, right? That's one. He went to Simeon and Levi. And he said, these two are brothers, but I will not find, don't find counsel in them because they killed in anger. These are his two sons. And he went to Judah and said, him, he called him praise. Amen. If you go to the book of Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, and it says Jesus was called the lion of the tribe of Judah. There's usually a blessing of the firstborn. But if you look at this scenario, Re Reuben was skipped. Simeon was skipped. Levi was skipped. But Jesus came as the lion of the tribe of Judah. There was a proclamation made upon the sons that Jesus, even him, when he came upon the earth, there had to be a foundation. He went where the blessing was, and that was Judah. Amen? That's what I'm saying. There's sometimes when, because people don't know, 
The person you end up marrying, you don't know. Did the parent even curse that person? And you end up marrying that person. You don't know. The parent declares, this son of mine or this daughter of mine, you will not succeed in life. And here comes an innocent person and they get married. Amen. And the blessing or the curse of the parent is there still standing. But let me tell you, but this person comes in and gets married to the person without knowledge. They don't know. The issue is people perish for lack of knowledge, right? So you start to build a family with this person, but everything just crumbles right here. And the person never addressed that because the person never addressed the foundation. What did the parent declare upon that? Because it means any child that comes out of that, there's already a foundation there. Amen? There's already a foundation. But in this, there's always a way of escape. I repeat the scripture. And David said, what can the righteous do? The question here, the basis is you have to be righteous for you to find a way out. Righteousness will give you a way out of that faulty foundation. Amen. In the book of Psalms 127, verse 1, it says, Except the Lord build his house, the builders build in vain. Except the Lord build that house. So now, you have already started something. You didn't even bring Jesus into whatever you want to start. All you did, you went after your own desires and you didn't consult God on whatsoever you want to build and you've already built and things are, you know, crumbling. But the word of God is sure and it's forever. It will crumble because you didn't ask the Lord if this is true, if this is what he wants, but you went ahead and did it anyway. So your foundation of whatsoever you have started is already faulty. You know, when God wants to do something in your life, People need to understand the foundation speaks. In being a Christian, Jesus is the foundation. But is he really your foundation? Do you know why? Because people have made even people their foundations. Let's be real. Even in marriages, you find somebody has put all their foundation is upon the spouse. Somebody would say, if something would happen, if something would happen to my husband, I would die. Is that your foundation? said, if something happens to my wife, if my wife, something happens to her, I will surely die. Is Christ really your foundation? Because when Christ is the foundation of that marriage, then whatsoever he chooses to happen, let's say your spouse precedes you, he goes before you, and you're left alone. Do you know why? Because your life is based upon Christ as the foundation. When Job lost everything, what did he say? God gives and God takes. Though he slay me, yet I will put my trust in him. God was the foundation of Job's life in everything. He lost his family. He lost his children. He lost every, his possessions, everything. His foundation was God. Because there are times when the Lord will allow things to happen to your life. Let's say a spouse precedes you or a child precedes you, but yet there's a yardstick. You still have long life to accomplish, right? When pastor said his first wife died, he felt like he would die himself. But what did God say? Now you feel how I feel, you know, with my bride, right? But he told him he has to continue with life because his yardstick, the level of his life until he goes, has not ended yet. Because when God is your foundation, you go by what he says. Yes, you lose your spouse, 
but you stop living. You would cry, weep. It's a grieving process. Yes, but what if God decides, he said that you have probably 20 years more, and then you say, if my spouse dies, surely die. No, let's be real. Who is your foundation? A spouse can cheat on you and leave you, and then you fall apart and you want to die. Who is your foundation? Because you'll stand strong. And Paul said, after all things stand, what are you really standing on? You have fought, you have done everything you know that you need to do. He said, now stand, right? But what are you standing on? And the provision for that is that the rock, which is Jesus Christ, and you stand on what he has already done. I told you my story about when after many years, I didn't even know because I didn't know. I was born, I lived, I didn't know what's going on. The problem is they did something to me as a child, something demonic, and my foundations were destroyed. Do you know why God couldn't move? Because there's already a claim over my life by powers of darkness. They said, she is ours, amen? But now as I grew, I did not know. I just lived and everything was crumbling. All of, I tried everything and nothing was working. And I started to go through deliverances. And I told you, Jesus told my pastor, they did something to her when she was a child. And because they did that, her foundations are faulty. But God said, I will rebuild her. Amen? Amen. So how does the rebuilding happen? I accepted Christ as my Lord. And now I had a foundation to stand on. And he started building me by his word. The word of God builds, it builds. It's like laying rock upon rock, rock upon rock. And that is the good thing. That's why the righteous have a way of escape for the foundations to be rebuilt. Christ becomes the solid foundation. And then you rebuild all things by his word. That's why I'm saying there are times when people have ended up in marriages that don't seem to work. The person, let's say, was cursed or something is wrong with the person. But what do you do? You stand upon the rock of Christ Jesus and rebuild that marriage or that relationship with the word of God because you can't turn back. The foundation is already destroyed and you can just say, okay, I'm going to divorce you because the foundation is destroyed. No. Rebuild that with the word of God. The word of God is so powerful. I used to read scriptures about how powerful the word of God is, but I said, yes, it's powerful until I saw it with my own life. When God said I would rebuild a life, tell her to take the scriptures and start quoting and confessing it as it has already been done. Amen. Jesus made a provision about the word of God for us to use it. So now you take the word of God First things first, Christ has to be the foundation of all things. Let's remove that mindset that man yeah. is our foundation. So now, saying about the word of God, as you lay upon the rock, you lay the rocks upon the word of God. I told you Jesus made the provision that let her take the word of God and start proclaiming it as it has already been done. That is the rebuilding process. It is by the word of God. Christ as the foundation, and you build the structure again using the word of God. Amen. Let's say you gave birth to a child and it was out of wedlock. The child was already born. Let's say the child was conceived because of rape. That's one. Or you had a child out of wedlock. That's two. Now the child is already here. The origin of the child is already unstable. Amen. So there's two things to it. It's either the child runs to God to find refuge in him. And most of the times, if somebody has been born unstable, even their salvation can be unstable. 
You've heard of people getting saved and being born again, but it doesn't last long. They come and then they stay a little bit, and they go, eh, and then they run out again. Even the salvation is unstable. You heard about the testimony of Vitali. He said they prayed in for the family to be saved, and they did. And then after a while, almost all of them left salvation. They decided to go back to the world. And he said him and his mother sought the Lord and asked the Lord, why? What is going on? How come these people do not stay with you like they ought to? And Jesus said, it's because there is a curse in the family that is causing them to be unstable. That's why they're not able to stay in salvation. They came and now they have left. So they had to address the foundation. Curses, do you know how they thrive and prevail in people's lives because of the foundation? Amen. The foundation speaks. When they tried to rebuild Jericho, there was a proclamation made on that foundation of Jericho and they came to rebuild it again. And then things became unstable and that man lost two of his sons. Did he know there was a proclamation by Joshua? We don't know. The scripture doesn't say. But he lost his two sons anyway. But that's why I'm saying when we run to God, you say everything hidden, everything that you do not know, the Lord will bring it to light for you to know. My friend Sandra, she sought the Lord for many, many days. And she said, Lord, I don't know why anything I try to build does not stand. She's in ministry. Being in ministry does not exempt you from that. She said, Lord, I'm in ministry. I'm doing this, but everything is crumbling. And then when she went to sleep, she was shown a vision that her mother was pregnant. And apparently the child that was in her womb was her. And then her mother's sister came and stood and spoke to her mother's womb. And he said, this child will not excel. The sister cursed the child. Really? Yes. So the mother gave birth, but the curse was not in the face. Let me tell you, people can curse you even inwardly. David was speaking in the scriptures of, he said, these people, even they say evil things in their heart concerning me. They smile with me, but inside their heart, they curse me. People don't know that. If somebody smiles at you, sometimes it's not really the real person. It's not, the person is not authentic. I remember many years ago before I came here and the Lord warned me, he said, do not be deceived by their smiles. Yes. And I said, Lord, how can this be? And the scripture about David said, they smile, but inside they curse you. What happened is the sister cursed the child, not audibly saying it straight to her, but she did it anyway. So Sandra wept to the Lord and I said, how come? But what can the righteous do? She took the scriptures. She started proclaiming the scriptures every day, rebuilding again using the word of God because Christ was surely her sure foundation. But she used the scripture to rebuild her life again and again. People don't know how the word of God is very powerful. I'm telling you, it is powerful. It is very powerful. I'm telling you, it can rebuild anything. When you walk and you see ashes behind you, guess what? The word can be able to rebuild that thing back again. It can. Because even Jesus himself, the book of Revelation, they said the name word of God was written on his thigh because he is the word of God. God is a rebuilder. He can rebuild anything. I'm telling you anything. But you have to make him your foundation for the rebuilding to take place. If you look at the story of Jabez, when his mother was giving birth to him, he said, I named him Jabez because I gave birth to him in pain. And Jabez decided, you know what? He said, when somebody calls you pain, you know, names have power. <laughs> you call you pain, you, you might be carrying pain all over the place. 
Whatever you go, pain will just be seeking you because you're attracting that. Ask yourself why God changed Abraham's name, Abraham to Abraham, Jacob to Israel. Because Jacob was known as somebody who swindled people. But he said, I give you a new name. Your name shall be Israel. And upon this name, it built a whole nation, the nation of Israel, because his name was changed. So which name do people carry around? You know, if you call your child pain, that child will just be attracting pain all over the place. But Jabez cried out to God and he said, Oh, that you may bless me, enlarge my territory, let your hand be with me, keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. That's what he said. Because his name Jabez came from pain and he must have suffered pain a lot. But he said, Lord, bless me, keep your hand on me and keep me from pain. The same thing that's on his name. Keep me from pain. And he said, God granted his request. But you know that it said that Jabez was honorable than all the people there, all the kinsmen. He was very honorable. The scripture says it. Because now he already had a foundation of who? God. So when he cried to God, the scripture says, and God granted his request. The word rebuilds your life. And when you confess the word and say the word, it's a rebuilding that happens and God will grant you your request because your foundation is God, not your husband, not your spouse, not your children, not your money, not anything. But because it is him, then he'll grant your request. First John 2, 1, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the father, which is Jesus Christ. Everything is in shambles. Yes, but Jesus is your advocate. Yes, all things came in a wrong way, relationship, money, whatever. But if you choose God and you confess that these things came wrong, you ask for forgiveness, we have an advocate in Jesus Christ. And he will start speaking for you. I told you, foundation speaks. And if Jesus is your foundation, he will speak on your behalf to cause all things to be rebuilt. Amen. Psalms 46, 1, the Lord is my refuge. So this is a place where you run to. You turn to God. When David was experiencing these things, he ran to God and said, The Lord is in his only temple and his throne is forever. He watches everything and he said, The Lord is a God of justice. Jesus as your advocate and him being a righteous and a just God. There are things you know that you didn't know. And because you didn't know and you confess, Lord, I didn't know. I didn't have that knowledge, but he's a just God. He knew you did it without knowledge. Amen. But his just character will be able to defend you from Satan because evil foundations also speaks. Next time I'll talk about evil foundations. Amen. Thank you all. In Jesus name. Amen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International as well as Eagles Saving nations. And I want to welcome you all to our warning program. Whether you're watching on television, listening on radio, wherever you're at, the United States or around the world, welcome. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for those that have just tuned in, maybe I'm on a new channel. My ministry is apostolic prophetic. God changed my life. I used to be in law enforcement, felony crime, SWAT team, president of the Police Officers, Christian Peace Officers Association. Um, but then 
God dealt with my vanity. I hated a man that had done something against my first wife that in most countries they could have even executed him. And so I couldn't forgive. Now, if you can't forgive, that's your pride. And my pride was too much for the Holy Spirit to work through. Finally, I repented. I asked God to forgive me. And then the Lord said, leave your gift at the altar, make it right. I knew what he wanted. You know, faith is not going by feelings. It's going by the word of God, what the Bible says. I did not feel like facing this man, but I knew I had to. So I talked myself into it. Get up, go up the stairs, drive, get out, knock on his door. He opened the door. I said, I've hated you. Will you forgive me? It broke. I loved him then until he died as a father. I went to the church because I was also a lay pastor in a large church. I said, some of you have called me pastor. You know I've been a hypocrite. I've hated a man. I've asked God to forgive me. I've asked a man to forgive me. And I want you to forgive me. Now follow me as I follow Christ. That night I had my first supernatural dream. I saw myself traveling the nations. I saw myself speaking to the presidents, the prime ministers. I saw apocalyptic events. I saw myself speaking to masses, hundreds of thousands of people. I saw death lines. I saw the heart of God. It was broken. I said, Lord, why is your heart broken? He said, because my bride is in love with the world more than me. I said, Lord, why? He said, because of the pastor behind the pulpit. I came out of that dream, sweating, realizing the church wasn't ready for the second coming. Like a John the Baptist, Elijah message, repent, for the kingdom of God is nigh. I started resigning from areas of responsibility in law enforcement, a career in law enforcement. My business practices, I owned beauty shops, a candy route. I started to prepare myself and started traveling the United States and around the world. With this type of message, I didn't know what the Lord had done to me. I didn't realize my message now was apostolic prophetic. Pastors that knew me said, John, your, your ministry has changed. I don't know if you understand what you're preaching. It's apostolic. It's prophetic. You're moving as an apostle, a prophet. You're preaching right out of David Wilkerson's book. Put the trumpet to your mouth. I was between services. I went and bought his book. And sure enough, I was preaching what he wrote. Now, later on, I got to know David Wilkerson a little bit. He invited me to New York. I write articles twice a month. He writes articles he did when he was alive. Now he's with the Lord. And many times we wrote the same articles. You need to understand how God uses you. You got to get out of the way. I had to repent of my pride. It took five years. As your faithful God increases the talents. Now I had gone to Bible school before I went into law enforcement. Now I've continued to study, even to this day. I have three earned doctorate degrees, ministry, theology, divinity. I could have several more, but I don't put in the paperwork. Why? Because I do it for the wisdom of God. If I'm going to counsel the presidents and prime ministers, the parliaments, I need God's wisdom. I do it because I love God, the word of God. I want to know God, so I study. I also have two master's degree and two BAs, one from Eastern Washington University, general studies with an emphasis in psychology, and the rest in ministry theology. Now, ladies and gentlemen, God is shaking the nations. Four sins bring judgment on a nation, idolatry, immorality, killing the innocent, and dividing the land of Israel. As I started sharing the truth, 
and being faithful to what God was saying, he elevated my ministry. It's like the parable of the talents, and now I meet with the top leaders of the world. I want you to look at my orientation right now so you can understand what I do. We also help people in need, like humanitarian needs, widows, orphans, people with problems with their teeth, starvation. Let's go to my orientation right now. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen is the founder and president of World Ministries International, WMI, sounding the alarm. Dr. Jonathan Hansen ministers to leaders, political, religious, attorneys, businessmen, etc. Besides traveling the nations, he uses television and radio to reach every city in every nation. Dr. Hansen also uses social media to prepare the church and nations for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Dr. Hansen interviews on television in the United States Washington State Senator Val Stevens, Senator Joseph Zarelli, Councilman John Coster, and Washington State House of Representative Matt Shea at the WMI Television Studio. Reverend Dr. Daniel Nalaya, founder of the political party Rise Up Australia Party, is being interviewed by Dr. Hansen in the WMI Television Studio. Dr. Hansen in Israel's parliament interviewing on television Knesset member David Rotem and Michael Oren, Israeli ambassador to the U.S., as well as interviewing in Jerusalem on television Executive Director of the World Jewish Congress, Shai Hermish. Josh Reinstein, the Director of Israel's Knesset Christian Allies Caucus, is interviewed by Dr. Hansen in WMI's radio studio. Here, Dr. Hansen is in the Knesset in Jerusalem, Israel, and interviewing on television M.K. Rabbi Yehuda Glick. He also interviewed for television Knesset member M.K. Robert Ilatov at the 2017 Night to Honor the Friends of Israel Banquet. Founder of International Coalition of Apostolic Leaders, convener John Kelly, is being interviewed by Dr. Hansen on television and radio at the WMI studios. Dr. Hansen is a guest on TBN and interviews Bureau Chief Chris Mitchell in the CBN 700 Club studio in Jerusalem, Israel. Dr. Hansen also interviewed attorney Mark Zell, Republican Overseas Israel co-chairman in Jerusalem, Israel, on TV. Attorney Stephen Pigeon, 2012 candidate for Washington State Attorney General on radio, and Reverend Dr. Joseph Featon, senior pastor of Cedar Park Church, Assembly of God, and economist businessman Arch Bonema on television. Dr. Hansen meets separately with the Liberian President Moses Zablaw, Vice President Wesley Johnson, and with the President of Parliament, the Honorable George Dway. Dr. Hansen with the Burundi President, and another day with the Vice President counseling, praying, and giving direction. Dr. Hansen meeting with the Prime Minister and the Governor-General of Jamaica, the Presidents of Haiti, Uganda, Zambia, Zimbabwe, and the President of Parliament, Rwanda. Dr. Hansen meets with the Secretary-General of the Global Parliament for the United Nations, Burundi Ambassador for the UN, Governor and Parliamentarian for the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and Zimbabwe's Ambassador. Here, Dr. Hansen is meeting with the Member of Parliament in Sweden, the Premier, President of the Cayman Islands, Honorary Consul of the New Zealand Consulate, President of the Navajo Nation, Prime Minister of Guyana, South America, and a member of Parliament Ghana, West Africa. Dr. Hansen in Cuba giving a word for Fidel Castro. Dr. Hansen ministers and performs a baby dedication in the home of the Philippine ambassador. In Jerusalem, Israel, Dr. Hansen meets in the Knesset, Israel's parliament, with the chairman of the World Likud Party, Danny Danone. Dr. Hansen meeting with the vice president of Kenya, Stephen Kalonzo Musioka. This photo appeared in all Kenya's newspapers as Dr. Hansen was at Kenya's National Day of Prayer over his prophetic word for Kenya given to President Moy in 1992. In 2008, he is meeting with Kenya's president, vice president, prime minister, and a U.S. congressman. Dr. Hansen speaking in a Kenya venue that holds 200,000 on Kenya national television with the vice president and thousands of dignitaries in attendance. 
Here he is, ministering in the United Arab Emirates and Muscat Oman. Dr. Hansen speaking to thousands in Singapore, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Japan, India, Sri Lanka, Uganda, Kenya, Rwanda, Burundi, Poland, Sweden, Romania, Cuba, Jamaica, Central and South America, etc. Dr. Hansen speaks in conferences throughout the world. WMI School of Theology educates and prepares leaders throughout the world. Here are WMI campuses and graduates in America and Africa. WMI supplies food to the widows and orphans as well as meeting other needs. WMI provides a horse for a family farm and a refrigerator is given to a Romanian hospital, a warehouse filled with supplies for the poor. Here, Dr. Hansen leads a team to supply food for war victims and he visits with people in displacement camps. While in Liberia, Dr. Hansen and team visit displacement camps supplying the children with candies. WMI established dental clinics in the Dominican Republic, El Salvador, two in Jamaica, and ten clinics in Kenya to help the poor. Dr. Hiodo, WMI's benevolence director in Russia, with the dental team. Dr. Hansen in Romania, where WMI supplied a dental clinic for Hand of Help Orphanage. Also, the City of Refuge Orphanage in Jamaica is visited, where the team pass out toys and other supplies. Dr. Hansen visits orphans in Ghana, West Africa, as well as in the nations of Kenya and Burundi in East Africa. WMI has built schools in the slums, including this school in Kenya. WMI educates and feeds 1,200 children in two slums in Nairobi, Kenya. In this African slum where people die from polluted water filled with urine and feces, WMI drilled a water well to supply clean water for the people. Visit our website, www.worldministries.org. Contact us via email, warning at worldministries.org. You can send a check to World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292, 360-629-5248. Shalom, and may the Lord richly bless you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that gave a better understanding of what I do. I meet with the leaders of the world. Now, the Bible is very clear that in the last days, perilous times will come. That's 2 Timothy 3.1. Jesus asked the question, quote, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Luke 18.8. The emergent church falsely teaches the Bible is evolving. They teach Jesus is not against homosexuality and other condemned sins in Scripture because Scripture is evolving. The mainline churches are under the communist Marxist organization known as the Federal Council of Churches. They're not bothered with sin, but instead support sins of abomination like abortion, homosexuality, etc., Currently, some mainline churches have invited drag queens into their church to teach. A nationwide survey shows that only 12% of children's pastors, youth pastors, have a biblical world view. Do you understand what I'm saying? David Wilkerson once said, Show me a preacher who never exposes sin, who doesn't show people the difference between the holy and the profane, who doesn't mention repentance or judgment but instead says, God wants to make you rich and prosperous. And I'll call such a man what he is. He is a wolf. He has substituted the cross for cash. Guarding the sheep, beware wolves in the church. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in a generation when, I'll tell you, you know, it's insanity. When I grew up, there was no question. Around the world, there's no question what a boy and girl is. In America, they don't seem to know. I remember watching in Congress, they asked a candidate for the Supreme Court, what is a girl? And she couldn't define it. 
A five-year-old in school can define it until you warp their mentality. We don't have a hundred genders. We have man and woman. This is insanity. Around the world, they're laughing at us. They think we have, we've gone haywire. The reality is we can define it. The reality is the church is dysfunctional. We've allowed this to happen. We've allowed America to sink to such depravity because we don't have enough of the Holy Spirit to have enough boldness to come against their lies. Truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. You must speak the truth to set people free. You can pray all you want, but Jesus isn't coming out of heaven to take back this nation for you. All around the world, where they just pray about it, they die by the millions. They're martyrs. Jesus comes out of heaven at the battle of Armageddon, removes evil governments, puts in righteous leaders, and he doesn't come until that time. When he ascended, he gave you and I the responsibility to be ambassadors, to make disciples of the nations. He said, go tarry until you're endued with power from on high. Go tarry. Don't even try to do ministry to represent me until you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. Go tarry. Then he says, Make peace to the nations. Baptize the nations. Make disciples in the nations. We're supposed to be salt. We're supposed to rule. We're supposed to reign. We're supposed to occupy. But instead, we twist the scriptures to take away our responsibility so we can stay behind closed doors as cowards while grandmas walk the picket line of abortion in front of abortion clinics. Where is your pastor? Did he come against the heresy the last couple years? They try to close down churches? Or did he cooperate and just close them down? What is going on? Peter was a coward. He lied. But when he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he went forth without fear or intimidation and preached the same message. And thousands and thousands, three thousands were saved on the spot. To the same type of people that before he, he ran and hid and lied to. We need another great awakening. I am also leading eagle-saving nations. We're trying to get into the stadiums, the NFL stadiums, the basketball arenas, civic centers, and let Pentecost come down once again so people go out of those stadiums filled with the Holy Spirit without fear or intimidation of criticism. Speak the truth because truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. We've got to have another great awakening or we're losing America. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all if we put the most conservative people into office, the Senate, the House, the Supreme Court, and the White House. Even Republicans are accepting homosexuality. Four sins bring judgment on a nation, idolatry, immorality, killing the innocent, and dividing the land of Israel. If we don't have another great awakening, bring this nation right back under Judeo-Christian values. This nation is damned and millions are going to die. Tribulation Watch Newsletter, August 2020, stated, The plan is to destroy the old order and bring us all into the new world order. The new world order will be nothing less than pure communism. The new world order will have total control over all the masses of the world. This will be done through human microchipping and vaccines. Before he died, Hollywood director and documentarian filmmaker Aaron Russo openly discussed his relationship with Nicol Nicholas Rockefeller of the Rockefeller family. According to Russo, Nicholas Rockefeller personally told him the elite's ultimate goal was to create a microchip population. The goal is to get everyone chipped, to control the whole society, to have the bankers and the elite people control the world. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we must have another great awakening if the United States of America is going to survive as a nation. Evil forces from within are trying to topple the Republic of America and force us into a new world order. Eagle Saving Nations, I want you to go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, and join Eagles Saving Nations. You can join as a white eagle, $220 monthly, a bald eagle, $22 a month, or a golden eagle, $50 a year, a year. Non-residents, $25 a year. People that live in other countries. Because every nation, they're trying to destroy the sovereignty of the nations, topple their borders, usher in this new world order. They're doing it everywhere. Only the church can stop this insanity. Only the church. We must stop this insanity. Again, the vision and mission of Eagle Saving Nations is to wake up Christians of the seriousness of the hour and hold revival meetings across the world. We want to fill stadiums, conferences, and churches focused on training, strategy, exhortation, worship, preaching, and allowing the glory of God to manifest with people being baptized in the Holy Ghost and others constantly overflowing with the Holy Spirit. We want them to leave these meetings encouraged, refreshed, and strengthened with power and authority to accomplish confronting the evil forces that are trying to enslave God's people in their nation. We want to be true ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Luke 18, 8. Most Christians and their leaders are afraid to speak the truth concerning the sins in the nations. They're afraid to call homosexuality a sin, lest they be slandered and criticized. Instead, they allow the Sodomites to rule over them, as happened in Sodom and Gomorrah, and judgment fell, destroying the city as well as the plain cities. As well as the plain cities. As I said, join right now, please. Go to www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, and join Eagle Saving Nations. We need people to join by the millions. We've got to have another great awakening. America is falling. We don't have much time. Put your money where it counts or you're not going to have any money. You're going to lose your freedoms. They're trying to take away our liberties, our freedoms. They're trying to censor your voice. Ladies and gentlemen, only the church united, filled with the Holy Spirit like Jesus commanded, can stop this insanity. Our foundations are being destroyed. The most important part of building any nation is the foundation. If the foundation is inferior, then the entire building will not last. It will crumble. Foundation is the base, the starting point of something. It holds all things in place. David asked the question in Psalm 11.3, If the foundation is be destroyed, what can the righteous do? For example, the family has been the bedrock of civilization since creation, and everything of value sits on that. Everything rests on it our institutions, our governments, our way of life. Everything rests on the foundation. It was established by God in Genesis 2, 24, and 3, 16 through 20. But now that the foundation is in jeopardy, forces are at work to undermine it, causing it to crack and crumble. Jesus pronounced a blessing upon Peter and proclaimed Peter's answer as having been derived by divine inspiration. He then stated, and I say unto you, 
Thou art Peter, upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Matthew 16, 18. The rock, or the very foundation upon the Lord's church, all of Christianity, rest, is the truth of the great confession Jesus made. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what the foundation is. Not Peter, but the truth, Jesus Christ. That is what Christianity, in general, is built upon. When the religious leaders of our day deny the existence of God, of Jesus Christ, and lead people into vain philosophy, one must question the basis of their doctrine. There's just so much false teaching and corruption in churches and in the public eye today that the foundations in churches and the nations are cracking and falling apart. So what would happen if the moral foundations of our rich culture and biblical standards were destroyed? Evil legislation is destroying morality. Sodomy is legalized in so many countries and still pushing to be legalized in every culture and community of all nations. It is an abomination unto the Lord. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? God is still on the throne. To reckon with circumstances and leave God out of the reckoning is to omit the principal factor in any and every situation our defense is in God, in God we trust. He gave you and I that responsibility to make disciples of all nations. He gave us that responsibility to protect the truth in society, to protect our nation. We must speak the truth so people come out of deception and come to know reality and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. We need your very best donation to stay on your local radio and television station. I need your help. We need a great awakening. Help me. Support me. Join Eagle Saving Nations. And may God richly, richly, richly bless you. Then Jesus reigns. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, the president of World Ministries International, as well as Eagle Saving Nations. And my special guest is apostolic leader Eric Hurd. Again, he's out of Florida. Now, Eric, I'm looking at news. It says the secret covenant, what they don't want you to know. What can you tell me about that? Well, this is powerful. We don't know the author of the secret, secret covenant, but it just gives the talking points of what uh, this individual was in the mind and heart of this individual. I know it was, it was infused by Satan himself, but it talked about how they wanted to poison the people, how they wanted to mind control the people how they want to make the people slaves and to fight each other and to have racial strife and division, why they wanted to take over, how the people were cattle. And it was just amazing. This, these talking points was right on today. I said, it's happening actually today. It was really sinister and diabolical, but this is Satan's plan. He's been planning uh, the demise of human beings and he wants to overthrow God. He's been planning this for thousands of years. Another article news says elon musk's dad errol we are being brainwashed to be told that ukraine is good and russia is bad and yet they found multiple bioweapon laboratories belonging to the united states and ukraine ukraine is led by a stand-up comedian who became president which he finds to be extremely odd regarding joe biden he obviously is not running the united states the United States must be, it appears to me, as being run by a bunch of misfits 
who are getting revenge for having been treated as misfits over the years. He's better than Elon. Eric? Wow. Elon's dad dropped some red pills right there. And when I saw that the quick interview, I was amazed because many people are questioning uh, Elon Musk, uh, his past, his role now. Basically, I think he elected a CEO, female, that's a part of the economic forum. So when I saw his dad speak like that, uh, got me wondering, is his dad influencing? Uh, what moves uh, is Elon making? It seems he's making some good moves. And again, you have someone who's talking about masking up and getting the vaccines and applying, inserting that individual into the CEO position. It makes you question. Again, Elon Musk, Elon's dad. If we come to COVID, for example, we have a situation where 99.8% of people who are currently get this virus recover, which means it has a better recovery rate than the flu. And yet, 7.5 billion people are being pushed to have the mRNA injection. So, I don't find that very appealing. We are seeing athletes dropping dead after taking the injection. He goes on to call out the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for pushing depopulation. Eric? Again, amazing. Another truth bomb he's dropping. And you wonder if he's having influence over his son. We surely hope so. And pray that his son actually knows what's going on and that decisions are being made at these levels are strategic. But these are truths and coming from a very high level. You know, that's amazing. You and I have done many, many programs on the COVID vaccinations and how uh, people that are sick in hospitals took the COVID vaccinations. Yet, if you got COVID without a vaccination, then again, you had a stronger immune system. And so uh, 99.8% of people who get the virus recover. Yet, you take the vaccination and you many people are dying. They're finding out so many things, Dr. Hansen, about this uh, injection. Uh, it does not prevent you from getting it. It doesn't prevent you from passing it on and being hospitalized. So we thank God that God has warriors everywhere in every sector. And this is why we do pray and intercede, because everyone has their role to play to seek justice and to seek justice and to desire justice to happen. But they're blowing it wide open, thank God. And they thought that their plans were foolproof. It was safe. No one would understand. They could not understand the complexity of this uh, technology. But we thank God that he is sending people to decipher and decode the truth. And we're praying also that we will also bring them to justice. You know, this is forwarded from Melanie Trump. Quote, we will decide who lives and who dies. Doesn't need to be doesn't need to be made any clearer to them. You are the virus. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, I said, um, you know, who died and left you? God. These people are demonic. I mean, again, we say psychopaths and sociopaths, but they're demonic. And who gave you the decisions to make in the life and death of uh, living, beautiful human beings? You know, one thing I wanted to say before we go on real quickly about the Deagle report. I'm not sure if you uh, knew about the Deagle report some years ago. But anyway, it talks about uh, the reduction of all the countries. It gave a current population 
and then it went on to say by 2025, it would uh, some nations will say the same. Some nations will decrease by a small amount. But nations in the West, as far as the UK, Britain, and the United States, for instance, will go down to 61 million from 330 million approximately. So I was thinking about how in the world could they do that? I know they don't want to use nuclear weapons because they want to seize the United States for themselves, uh, particularly China. But again, before the vaccine came out, um, I was wondering, how would they do that? How can we reduce the population by over 63% here in America? But again, here we have the vaccines, um, and they were, they're doing the job they intended to do. I read that a couple years ago that by 2025, the United States is supposed to be down a census to 100 million. That was a couple years ago. They already knew by 2025, they projected the United States 100 million. I mean, wow, where is the other 200 plus million supposed to go? What happened to them? Yes. And so, uh, you know, when this vaccine came out and I know Spirit was really couldn't help me to connect the dots, I said, OK, this is this is what they had planned. And so, again, they didn't want to use nuclear weapons because you have to rebuild and you have to deal with the, you know, aftermath of radiation and all these other things. So they came up with this diabolical plan to eliminate people through the injection. Forwarded from Laura Abilie, it says, Facts, one, 43% of all food stamps are given to illegals. Two, 95% of warrants issued for murder in Los Angeles are for illegals. Three, less than 2% of illegals are picking crops. 41% are on welfare. Four, more than 66% of all births in California are to illegals on Medi-Cal. Five, 60% of all HUD-occupant properties in the United States are illegals. Six, 39% of all California students are illegals. Seven, 75% of Los Angeles' most wanted criminals are illegals. Eight, 50% of all gang members are illegals. Nine, U.S. taxpayers are footing the bill for all. Massive illegal immigration always leads to financial and social destabilization. The open border is a purposeful tactic contributing to the financial collapse they seek in order to give away to their great reset. They want America to fall. Eric? Yes, sir. And they want to replace the population with immigrants. And uh, we don't know exactly, again, who's coming through those borders. We have terrorists, uh, gang members, uh, prison members, and they're just opening up in the guise of immigration and being compassionate. Now, another thing we thought about, you know, about they could not come and just take over America. We we're too powerful. The military was too powerful. But again, many of those in the military had to subject themselves to the shots. And I heard something, uh, uh, a clip by some Chinese leaders saying that everyone in the, in the U.S. military who took the shot are going to die. So this has been a thorough, uh, well-sought plan to destroy America through immigration, through the financial system, the political system. China has bribed many of our politicians. You wonder why things won't change, because many of them have been threatened, they have been bribed, and they just love money. And they have sold out this nation, and it's treasonous. And so we have to come up with a plan. How can we stop this? And this is where we are at right now. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I've had special guest, apostolic leader Eric Hurd. My name is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, the president of World Ministries International, as well as Eagle Saving Nations, where we need another great awakening. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, and join Eagles Saving Nations. Also, give us your very best donation to continue this program on your local channels. Now, listen carefully. And order my book, The Science of Judgment. It explains exactly what's happening and why America is falling. The Science of Judgment. God bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of The Science of Judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, The Feasts of the Lord, Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences, Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings, Example of King Jehoshaphat, Ungodly Alliances, God is Predictable, God Holds People Accountable, Man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism, Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics, Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, Part 5, So What Must We Do? These chapters are listed as We Are in a Cultural War, Our Responsibility to a Hostile Government, the Christian's Science of Judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read The Science of Judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment. For a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and shalom. Shannon? Dr. Hanson, what a broadcast today. And you know, something has uh, been weighing heavy on my heart. I was reminded of the angel that visited Dimitri Dudeman out in California in 1984. For people who have not ever heard that prophecy, then go to handofhelp.com. 
and check it out. But the angel of the Lord, of course, showed him what was coming on America if it did not repent. Showed him the states like California, Florida, New York State, Las Vegas that would be destroyed in one day, like Sodom and Gomorrah for its sins if it did not repent. The point I want to make here is angel told him, Dimitri, to go read Revelation 18, Jeremiah 51, verses 8 through 14, and Zechariah 14. I know this because I looked it up the other day. And the verse I want to bring highlight to as we're closing today is Jeremiah 51, 14. It says, The Lord of hosts hath sworn by himself, saying, Surely I will fill thee with men as with caterpillars, and they shall lift up a shout against thee. Dr. Hanson, are we at that point now where is it possible that this literal border invasion where between six and eight million people have come in illegally and are pouring in by the day since Biden took over? Could this be actual judgment on our land? Because how much more of this can we take? I'm seeing footage, and I heard from a former Special Forces man who's now monitoring this up on the Redacted Show, how they've been monitoring the full people through the Darien Gap. It's about a six-day journey that connects Columbia with Panama. I used to live in both those sides, by the way. Many people are not even making it through the jungle, but those that are, they get through there. And then the United States State Department has already made deals with Costa Rica and Panama for staging areas so that they don't back up. They just push them on through. Some are flying direct to Cancun, who have money, and coming up the border that way. And I'm watching the footage where our National Guard and military literally opens the doors for these people, puts them on buses, and where they go, only God knows. They're just taking these people all over America and letting them go. I'm an American citizen. I'm married to an Indonesian wife. I was down at the U.S. consulate a few weeks ago here in Bali, and I said, sir, a question for you. If I wanted to take a trip back to America, haven't been home to see my family in seven years, I need a special visa. And he said, yes. He said, you better apply now. It's taking six to nine months to process. And I was also told there's no guarantee as an American citizen I can get my wife into America because unless they're certain that I'm going to leave after my visa's up, they won't give me even a travel visa. Yet, if I were to go down to the southern border... Totally different standards. Brother, we're experiencing a land invasion. You know, we're talking about that tonight, but I'm worried that we may be one step beyond that. And God himself is pouring out his judgment there in Jeremiah 51. Are we that late in the game? Shannon, I believe there should be articles of impeachment against the president of the United States. I'll tell you, the church is failing in this area. Uh, Republicans are failing. Why aren't people screaming and doing more than just talking? Republicans are talking. Well, do more than just talk. We are at war. Judgment is falling. Now, again, Demetri Dudeman, I've stayed in his compound. I actually stayed in his apartment. 1998, I traveled six out of seven states every single day. I took three tours on the Prophecy Club. I spoke for three hours. I ministered for three hours. Again, they likened me to Demetri Dudeman. The prophecies are very similar. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org and you can see my prophecies that have been there starting in 1995, actually in 1985 with my first dream. And I go into extensive what's going to happen, name the cities, everything, just like Dudeman. I did this before I even knew Dudeman, very similar to David Wilkerson. And since March of 2020, I've had 25 dreams, March of 2020, since March of 2020, civil unrest, civil war, and an invasion. Civil unrest, civil war, and an invasion. 
This is also fulfilling it with this peaceful invasion turning into fighting. So uh, Shannon, we are already, I believe, the science of judgment is coming to pass already. I'm just afraid the church won't wake up till blood is flowing down their faces until millions have died. That's what I'm concerned with. I sound the alarm daily. I just came back from Israel in the Knesset with the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus. Yesterday I was with a man in a political event that I spoke at too a man that was running for the Republican governor of Washington State, Simi Bird. It'll be on my programs today all across the world. If you want to look at that interview, www.worldministries.org. You and I are sounding the alarm. We're screaming, and yet the church seems to be asleep. Shannon, only God can help us prepare for judgment, prepare for blood. We're going to see millions dead. And folks, we don't give up. We either come together now as a body of Christ, or we'll not get another opportunity. We may find ourselves in a concentration camp. Last point, my mother lives up in North Georgia, Gwinnett County, and she said, son, I don't know what's going on over here. I've never seen the like of buildings going up. I said, houses? No, she said, large warehouses. And first thing came to me, maybe they're building an Amazon over here. No, she said, we got one of those. I don't know what they're doing over here, but they're putting these up on every corner. And we both got the same thought. Are we seeing the setup for concentration camps in America? And they're going to house people in these places. You know, many have been talking about it for years. Rex 84, Operation Garden Plot, Red Bloom List Roundups. State Department right now, or Justice Department rather, still want to arrest another 1,200 people just for going to Washington, D.C., just showing up. I've never seen the like. God have mercy on us. But folks, if we don't do something now, and stand up and speak out, and you tell a friend about these shows, I'd share it, then it's all lost. We are running out of time. That's why you need to become a member of Eagles Saving Nations. Sound the alarm, subscribe to the warning podcast, and support worldministries.org. My friend, we love and appreciate you. Thank you for letting me be a part of this, and God bless you all. May God richly bless you, Shannon. We'll see you next time. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. 
1-800-242-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.